There's only one month to go in the 2022 NFL regular season. What's the state of play? Well, we'll take a look on the Punt Return podcast ahead of week 14. Welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast. We did take a week off last week, a couple of schedule clashes with Nick and I, but uh, we're back and we're earlier than usual this week as well. It's a Tuesday night as we record here in Melbourne with, again, a busy schedule coming up for both of us this week. So, Nick, mate, great to chat. I know we didn't get to chat last week over uh, a podcast, but I know we we stayed in touch during the week with some NFL talk, but how did you find the week, mate, and and how are you tracking? Yeah, doing all right, mate. It was... I don't know. I kind of felt a bit empty not doing the show last week. It's um, it's a, sometimes it's a struggle to be able to make it happen. But when you don't do it, you miss it. And I, I definitely missed it, even though I was kind of like it, we just couldn't get it to work with with timings and schedules and and whatever last last week. But you know, it just just goes to show again another another pretty amazing week of of NFL. And you know, anyone can beat anyone at the moment. Yeah, for sure. That that certainly came to the fore again this week, and we had some. Really, really strong matchups between some good teams as well, which we'll uh, we'll touch on, of course. Uh, but none bigger than one of the games of the season again with the the Bengals and the Chiefs, two teams that'll be right up there as we uh, the whips are cracking in the AFC. And can you believe it? Joey Burrow, Joe Cool, and the Bengals have beaten the Chiefs three times this year. Is it fair to say that they're better, or just have the wood over the Chiefs at the moment? I think I think they match up really well. I'm, I'm not quite ready to say that they're better than the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are still one of the you know, two or three best teams in the NFL as a, as a whole. Uh, but clearly, clearly the Bengals and, and the way that they match up, you know, suits suits that matchup for Cincinnati. Um, but, you know, all, all credit where it's due, Cincinnati are, are coming into some really good form. They've been great over the last kind of six weeks. Um, you know, their, their offense is just humming and it seems to be getting weak week after week, just, just getting better and stronger. Uh, we know that they've missed Jamar Chase for, for kind of three or four weeks. Uh, he came back last week and, and had a good game. But, you know, they seem to be able to, to fill holes. Joe Mixon uh, Joe Mixon went off injured the week before, missed last week, and, and P. Ryan comes in and, and doesn't miss a beat. Um, you know, they're a really good team, Cincinnati, and, and they're getting better. And, and they seem to kind of lift against good teams as well, which is you know, a really good sign for them coming back into a, a, a playoff run. Yeah, it's a really good point. They they certainly seem to perform perform better against the the top echelon teams. Obviously, their last loss was against the Cleveland Browns on that Monday night football game where they kind of capitulated. And funnily enough, they they get a chance to rematch up against the Browns this week, which we'll, we'll touch on later. But yeah, for sure, the Bengals are, are certainly coming, and that offensive line starting to gel. They're starting mm. to get a lot more protection on Joey Burrow, who's doing his thing and and looks the class quarterback that we all knew he could be, and certainly hasn't had any. I suppose, dirty blues now, I guess you call them. But um, obviously, we know he did miss most of his rookie season with that ACL. So, look, it is uh, early days in his career, but he looks, you know, up for the fight and, and a and genuine superstar, which is which is pushing his case into the MVP race as well. But obviously, I wouldn't uh, be jumping off the Chiefs right away. They they were pretty pretty good. I mean, they, they kind of fell in a little bit of a hole early, got themselves in front with, you know, some, some pretty masterful play. And, and then again, Travis Kelsey had no impact Little to no impact, did he? Uh, certainly, his quietest game of the season, which, mm. um, you know, they're bound to have those games. But yeah, Patty Mahomes was was brilliant, and and I know I just want to quickly touch on the running back situation, especially in in Kansas City, who, you know, they they've certainly found their their going their number one clear number one now with with the the rookie Pacheco, and then also of course the Bengals with 
P Ryan just jumping in and mm. yeah, like you said, just doesn't miss a beat, do they? You know, I mean, you take out a, a Pro Bowl kind of um, running back in Joe Mixon, and to get that kind of production out of your your backup running back is is a, a blessing for the Bengals and. Yeah, now Jamar Chase back as well. They they look do they do look scary, and um, you know they're certainly timing their run to perfection. Uh, on the other side of the conference, NFC, huge impact uh, or huge news coming out of the NFC. Of course, the Niners won a really important matchup against mm. the the very good Dolphins, but at what cost? They've lost their 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 running uh their running back, their star not I wouldn't say star their number one <laughs> quarterback in in Jimmy Garoppolo who. We know it was taking him to the to the Super Bowl in previous seasons and and to another NFC Championship game last week. But yeah, what a what a blow for the Bang uh, for the Niners. Yeah, it, it, look, it is it is a blow. Uh, I do feel like his injury is is being a little bit overstated because you know we do know that he wasn't the starter to start the season, and that you know the the, the reality is that he's only he's only in the position now because or, or was you know, before a couple of days ago. Um, because of a, another injury to a, a Niners QB. So we, we know that the, the Niners haven't built their plans around Jimmy G and, and he certainly was not part of the future in San Francisco. And, and, you know, I really feel like he's, he's played his last game in San Francisco. Now he's going to miss the rest of the season. He's going for surgery on that broken foot. Um, obviously the, the rookie, Mr. Irrelevant came in and, and played a pretty, uh, pretty decent game at QB. I mean, you don't expect a, a rookie to come in and, and I guess show the the poise that that he did, um, especially under that circumstance, and and lead your team to a win. But um, look, I, I feel like the Niners are one of those teams that if you have a half competent quarterback who can kind of just do the basics, you know, they've got so much talent on both sides of the ball that that QB is, you know, in any other franchise, QB is almost your most important position, and and in San Francisco, it's almost their least important position. Uh, in the offense, and and there's so much talent there. You know, their defense is phenomenal, and and I know we're going to talk about, uh, you know, someone in particular uh, on that defense in a minute. But um, look, I, I'm not sure that it makes that much of a difference in the long run for San Francisco. I think that they're still coming for that NFC title, and and you know that that they would consider them still, um, you know a leader in, in the NFC. And I'm not sure this changes much for, for the Niners at, at this point of the season, to be brutally honest. Yeah. It's, it's probably a, a fair point into the fact that you've got two amazing weapons on the offensive end and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, who can make something from nothing essentially, and don't need that, that such, you know, gun quarterback that can find them open. They'll get open themselves and they'll do stuff themselves and carry the football. And, to your point, that defense is just so good, and, and we'll we'll move on to the next point that we we wanted to, and that's Nick Bosa, who who was my pick for the for defensive player of the year. I don't know if he's quite gonna maybe get to that high accolade with some other key key kind of contributors this year, in in particular Michael Parsons, uh, Max Crosby, and the like. And but Nick Bosa, he's certainly one of the most underrated superstars in the NFL, as you put it, and and I, I completely agree with that statement because he does fly under the radar. We know. We've heard about all the the talk about has and right and rightly so has been around Aaron Donald and to I suppose a lesser extent in your man TJ Watt who's who's an absolute beast as well. But Nick Bosa just quietly goes about his business since you know tearing his ACL a couple of years ago and he just comes he's come back bigger and better and stronger and than ever and is leading that number one defense. 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, like like you said, you, you hear every week about Aaron Donald. You hear about TJ Watt. Uh, you know, you hear about Micah Parsons now. In, in terms of media hype, you know, Parsons has probably passed Nick Bosa um, in, in that type of conversation as well. But I, I really think that Nick Bosa is still seriously in that Defensive Player of the Year uh, conversation. He ranks first in the NFL in sacks. He ranks first in the NFL for quarterback hits. He ranks second in the NFL for pressures, uh, equal second for tackles for a loss. I mean, the guy is just a beast, and you just don't hear about him. Like, there's just no talk about him. And, and I reckon if you if you follow the NFL, you know that he's a really good player, but you probably didn't didn't understand the type of impact that he's had this season and some of those stats and, and ranks uh, because you just don't hear about him. You hear about the Donalds. You hear about the TJ Watts. You hear about the Micah Parsons. Um, and, you know, Nick Bosa just does it super quietly, but he is a legitimate superstar. And and it's a really good segue into our, our next talking point to another defense and who is absolutely stacked and just took the absolute pi double five on 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 Monday morning, <laughs> didn't they? Or Monday afternoon? You, you can time. swear you can swear on this podcast, mate. Yeah, you're right. Actually, we can we can say whatever the fuck we want. But <laughs> uh, look, I mean, Dallas were <laughs> unbelievable, weren't they? And that defense is just wow. I mean, and but to your point, and and I mean, how good is that NFC East for one? And then secondly. All of a sudden, the NFC looks like a, they've got they're quite stacked as well. I mean, we all the talk in the preseason and for most of this season has been around the AFC, but all of a sudden, mm. there's some real big challenges coming on the NFC side. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people talking about that Dallas are the best team in the NFC, and and you know, certainly in the conversation, I think in terms of record, there's there's a couple of teams that have a better record than them. <clears throat> um, but uh, look, that they're, they're a really they're a really good football team, the Dallas Cowboys, and and defensively. Uh, you know, they're, they're very hard to score against. Um, you know, they absolutely demolished the Colts last week, especially in that second half, um, in, in a game that, you know, looked looked fairly close-ish in the first, you know, little little parts of the game. Um, but in the second half of the game, they, they just took it away from Indianapolis and uh, just showed what they can do. And we know that the Colts have their own issues on offense and, and a bunch of other things. But, you know, you can only, you can only beat who you play. And, you know, the, the Cowboys defense very rarely gets beaten um and you know they're just all around a very good football team at the moment no that was yeah that was embarrassing for the Colts on on Sunday night they were um atrocious especially in that last quarter in in particular but I mean like you said it was kind of they put up a good fight in the first half but you could always tell that Dallas were kind of gonna pull it out and win that game by how much Mm. was kind of to be seen but to put up a 50 burger and and (laughs) two defensive touchdowns and I don't know how many picks and fumbles there was in the last quarter, but there was a lot. And, uh, yeah, they just showed kind of their dominance. And it would have been a mercy rule if it was, uh, you know, in, in peewee football, as they like to call it over there. But it was, yeah, yeah. just like men against boys, wasn't it? And and to your point, they they are certainly one of the top NFC teams. And, and I wouldn't say they're, they're, they're better than the Eagles yet. Uh, no way. But they obviously look like that clear Number two, they're definitely a, a bigger threat, you would say, uh, than than the Vikings, who's obviously got that number two seed right now. And then, you know, the the Niners are obviously right in the conversation there as well. And um, there's a couple of other teams floating around, but they look to be the class two, don't they? The Eagles and the Cowboys, and uh, yeah, I don't know. If, is it is it possible that they could be an NFC East, uh, NFC Championship game, or it depends on the seedings? Uh, it depends on the seedings, but. Look, I mean, it's 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 a it's a very strong reality, and and I'm not sure that anyone would have really picked that 
uh, preseason for for an NFC Championship game to be between the two NFC East mm. uh, division teams. But um, it just goes to your point that you know all of a sudden, kind of almost out of nowhere, the NFC is is an incredibly strong conference, and um, you know the NFC East is is leading that. Yeah, well, let's let's move on to uh, the next point, and that was about uh, my Giants, as you've liked to have labelled them so far this season, and, and rightly so. They've 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 won me a nice bottle of scotch, which I'm yet to see, by the way, listeners. But uh, that's all right. I know he's good for it, and I'm I'm drinking it right now. Drinking, I bought it. And you I'm are drinking, drinking it. a scotch right now. So uh, let's hope you get me a, a similar bottle. But look, they were they. I know they they've kind of stumbled over the last few weeks, and the the commanders have been hot, but. It was pretty ugly to watch most of that game on on the weekend in terms of the Giants Commanders, but really in the end they they probably both didn't deserve to win, and, and neither obviously neither mm. of them did. But it was a it was a horrible game of football. Yeah, it was. And look, the the Giants they just did enough to kind of grind out uh, what was in end up being a tie, but that would have got them to eight wins. And and yep. regardless of who they've beaten and what they've done, that's eight wins on a season where they. You know, many expected for that to be four or five. So, look, mm. they, they've had a, a, a better year than most have expected. Um, probably to my point, I certainly didn't think have them at seven or eight wins already this far into the season. But, look, they, they're obviously starting to show a few cracks and they're not kind of built to to the standard like a, a Cowboys or a Giants and I don't uh, to a Cowboys or an Eagles. And I don't think they're going to be a, a threat when the whips are cracking. But they're, they're certainly going to look like a playoff team uh, come January, do you do you think I've overrated them? Um, look, I, I think you were right. I think you were right. So, I guess there's two answers. I think you were right to rate them higher than most, uh, and I will I'll pay you that. I think we're we're far enough into the season. They've done well enough uh, that I can I can pay you that one. Um, I owe you the bottle of scotch, as, as you've already mentioned, and you tend to bring up every week, um, <laughs> which is your right. I need witnesses, uh, but but <laughs> well, you know, there, there's some. There's some who listen to this every yeah, week. There's so a few, a couple. There's there's a few, <laughs> um, but I still don't think that they are. That they may very well end the season on on eight or nine wins, and I'm just I just feel like that record flatters them a little bit because all the data suggests that they're not actually that good, and they they've won a few, they've snuck a few that they shouldn't have won, um, which again, as, as I've said over the last month, you know, all credit to them, you know, you, you win what's in front of you and. You know, ultimately, that's what that's what people remember is is the wins and losses. Um, but I just don't think they're as good as you know a, a, an eight or nine win team. You know, generally every year is. Yeah. Um, I think there's there's a lot of deficiencies. They're getting better for sure. I, I'm still not sure that they're yeah they're, they're kind of anything to write home about just yet. But they have certainly improved, so I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah, they would be a division leader in a in a different division in this conference, but uh, we'll get to that later in the show. But let's speak about a team that won't have a winning record, although they're kind of making a good fist of it mm. late in the season. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers who have now won two in a row, but it still looks for all money that Mike Tomlin will, after finally after 15 seasons of coaching that, amazing franchise that he will have his first losing season, although it's a very winnable game again this week. So it's it's he's a hard man to write off, but uh, it certainly looks that way. But they're, they're certainly building and, and building in the right direction, the Steelers, for, for next year and beyond. They're, they're doing the right things. I think, you know, they've made the right moves. They've, they've brought in some youth, which they desperately needed. Uh, they've moved on some aging legs, 
clearly, uh, and some you know injury prone, brittle, fragile, fragile players across the franchise. But you know you, you're right; they they are an amazing franchise, and and Mike Tomlin has been an incredible, an incredibly stable part of that over the last you know decade and a half. Um, for him to be having his first losing season in, in well, this is his sixteenth year is just you know insane, really. Um, but it does it does go to show how important TJ Watt is to that franchise, and and for him to miss the time that he missed uh, earlier in the season after that that round one injury or, or week one injury, um, you know you wonder where they would be had he not missed those weeks, and you know maybe that record could be intact. And you know it's still you know it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you know they win out, and you know he could do it one more time, but. It's not likely. Well, it wasn't likely last year, and they somehow snuck snuck over the line in, in last week, uh, last year as well. But yeah, look, uh, it would be an incredible effort, and and they're they're certainly fighting right to the very death to kind of probably preserve that record for him. I'm sure that's playing on the mind for Steelers players, and and the, it must. Yeah, the players would be kind of. I'm sure Tomlin wouldn't be kind of writing home about that fact. He's certainly not the guy to beat his own chest, but the Steelers franchise, I think, as a whole, would be having that pride and, and wanting to win it for him. But I think on the on the on the flip side though, for the first time in probably three or four years, there's some genuine excitement around the Steelers, especially on offense. I think, you know, we already know what they can do on defense when they're fit and healthy and, and firing. But on offense there's some genuine excitement for the first time in a number of years, despite that kind of winning record over the last, you know, three or four years. Um you know, kind of the moves that they've made and, and the young guys that they've brought in are, are having a having an impact. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was I loved Najee Harris coming out of Alabama, and and look, he had a fantastic rookie season. He probably did too much last year in terms of his workload. Probably hurt him going into this season. And look, he's he's been struggling and playing through a lot of injuries this year. But again, he just showed his talent in terms of his his strength and his running capacity against the Falcons with some really angry runs, as they like to call them over in the states and. Look, they uh, they're well built with with a couple of good rookies coming into the draft again this season. Now we move on to another AFC North team whose optimism is shrinking by the day, and especially with Lamar Jackson now uh, on not IR, but yes, yeah, certainly week to week, and it could be longer than that. But wouldn't expect him to get up and and play this huge huge um, AFC North uh, matchup against the Steelers this week. What does it mean for the Ravens going forward, Nick? Does 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 Huntley kind of lead the team? And, and I mean, he's a, he's essentially a Lamar Jackson 2.0, isn't he? I mean, a, a, a much, much, it's probably rude to say worse, but I mean, he's a four cylinder compared to Lamar. <laughs> he's a, Lamar's a V8, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, so 100%. He, and the Ravens, Jesus, they just cannot get anything going on offense. No. And, and, and I don't think the defense is the strength of the team either. So, well, we'll yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Baltimore as a whole, I think. Yeah, a little bit later on when, when we come to their their matchup, but you're right. I, it, it's going to be tough to see them winning games at the moment with with Tyler Huntley. Um, like you said, their, their efficiency on offense has has struggled already, even with Lamar, uh, and you can't really see them improving in that regard with Tyler Huntley. Uh, defensively, there there are some issues, and and when it comes to this matchup, we'll we'll talk a bit more about kind of their late game struggles and second half struggles and, and all that sort of stuff. But um, look, we, we know what happened with the Ravens last year when, when Lamar missed that month. Um, yeah, it was pretty ugly. It was pretty ugly for Baltimore. And I feel like it 
could potentially be ugly again. Luckily for them, they are in a good spot. I mean, it's easy to forget that they they do lead or they're, they're you know, equal lead for their division at the moment. Um, but they need to they need to win a couple of the next you know few without Lamar. I, I can't see any way that he plays this week. Um, next week, you know, is, is probably questionable again, but. Right now, we just don't know how long he's going to miss, but I, I think that we can be fairly sure that he's not going to play this week. No, I don't think he plays for for a couple of weeks, to be honest. And and I don't know if they need to risk him. I mean, I know there's oh, actually they probably do. I mean, the the they're obviously now tied for the AFC North, but um, yeah, it's going to come down to that week eighteen matchup probably against the Bengals anyway. So well, the Bengals are coming and they're coming they're coming hard. So. You know, they, they have a real opportunity over the next couple of weeks, the Bengals, to, to take that outright lead in in the AFC North, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough period for the, for the Ravens. I still think that they're a playoff team, but you know they've got a they've got to split games that that Lamar misses. If they can go one and one, if he misses two or whatever, then yeah, you know, that that's going to go a long way because they're going to need him in, in those final couple of weeks. If it was any other team outside of Denver last week, they would have lost and lost badly but the ineptitude the ineptness yeah. of is that the word ineptness i'm trying to think of or ineptitude yeah that was where Inep- i was going anyway i think was right they, that time. bad on offense the broncos yeah. that the ravens got away with that and look it's uh yeah that was a sickening yeah. sickening game but god where do we go with the broncos like we could have a whole nother <laughs> series on uh, episode on that but we won't go there for now uh, another ASC team, though, and they're making their run. Is it too late for the Las Vegas Raiders? Oh, yeah, it's a really tough one. They're, they've got a they've got a winnable run home, though. Um, you know, they're coming from behind. They've got to they've got to do it, and they're, they're going to do it the hard way, if so. But uh, you know, they've got the Chiefs in the final week of the regular season, and and it could all come down to that if they continue this run. And uh, I mean, Josh Jacobs has just been a, a beast. You know, over the last month and a half, two months, uh, you know, he's the number one ranked running back in in the competition at the moment. He's, he's got the most rushing yards. He's got ten touchdowns. He's just hard to just believe. gone hard beast believe. mode over the last kind of six or eight weeks. Um, so look, it's it's possible, but they have left it very very late. Uh, and you know, it could all come down to that final week against the Chiefs. Yeah, look, that would be would be something, wouldn't they? If they could kind of, you know, who could be resting players at that time of year, the Chiefs. So. But you know, you know what will, what will happen. They'll, they'll be in a great position. They'll probably lead at halftime in that game, the Raiders, and have it all in front of them. And then, despite everything, they'll blow it because they're the Raiders. And Patrick Mahomes won't even be on the field. It'll be uh, exactly. It'll be the backup. Yeah. And and look, uh, no, they they will find a way to raider themselves, won't they, the Raiders? But they they yeah. are making a run now. And obviously, Devontae has just and Josh Jacobs and and that threesome there with Derek Carr have just been incredible. And, uh, you know, they're getting better on defense slowly, slowly. I mean, Mm. uh, Max Crosby's, like I said, off the, off uh, a bit earlier, he's, he's definitely right up there for defensive player of the year for mine. He's been incredible and, and probably has been a lone hand for the Raiders, but he's starting to get a little bit of help and that would be huge. But, uh, another very winnable matchup this week. And finally, mate, a great matchup and, and look, I certainly didn't see the game script kind of planning out, playing out as it did. I thought the Titans would go close to kind of upsetting you just because of their run game and how the Eagles have been defending the run lately. But goodness, you did stop Derrick Henry and you stopped the Titans. And despite the Traylon Burks injury and a few other pieces for the Titans, that game looked well in hand for the Eagles before that kind of happened. And dare we say it, they're just missing an AJ Brown, aren't they? I mean, 
can you imagine if if mm. the Titans had a you know a proper elite receiver? I mean, what what could they have done? And and you know, it was AJ Brown that kind of took the game away from them in the end. And, you know, another hundred yep. hundred and twenty yards, two touchdowns, um, and and loved it as well. You know, oh, he God, loved, he the, loved it, those dude. those celebrations. He was having he was having a great old time. So yeah, look, they they could dearly use AJ Brown. Um, they're still a good team, the Titans, but you know they've got some holes. Their secondary is awful. Uh, you know, and and they've got very little passing game. I mean, Traylon Burks has kind of stepped up in the last couple of weeks, but that that injury is, is tough. Um, you know, he's, he's not in concussion protocol, but they're still you know, he's still questionable, if not doubtful for for this week. So I mean, hopefully he gets up and plays. It was it was a big hit. It would have hurt. Would have hurt. But that's what happens when you come up against the best. <laughs> but look, I think Traylon Burks has potential to turn into an AJ kind Potentially. of Brown. Maybe I mean AJ Brown is a a bit more. He's a bit bigger. He's a bit yeah. more athletic, I suppose, in a way. And and look, he's certainly uh, above or you know at that elite level. And Traylon Burks is a long way to get to that. He has the potential maybe to get to that. Yeah, he, yeah. look, he's going to be a really good player. He look good on that team right now, AJ Brown. That's for sure. And, and you know, important that play that he got hurt was was a really good play for you know from yeah. the Titans from Traylon Burks. Uh, good catch, uh, touchdown, and just you know got hit in the wrong place at the right wrong time and. Uh, never he made just, it back. He just seems to be their only threat, doesn't he, though, in terms of that pass game? I mean, Robert Woods has had mm. a year to forget. Hakeem Westbrook, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of hit and miss. He has he had that one big game a couple of weeks ago, but he's certainly not consistent enough. They're not getting enough out of their tight ends. So, uh, yeah, the Titans who, you know, you stop Derrick Henry, you genuinely, generally stop the Titans. And uh, sadly, that was the case against the Eagles. And just just imagine just imagine if, if they had the ability to have Traylon Burks. I mean, being completely serious, having the ability to have Traylon Burks being the number two receiver in that offense behind an AJ Brown, and having having him have the ability to be able to learn, you know, from those guys, and and kind of have not have to not have to take the best corner or safety every week. Um, you know, things would things would look so much better for the Titans on offense. That's for sure. They still will win that division though comfortably and and be in the playoffs. So that is the good news yes. for Titans yes, fans. Will. Now. I uh, want to jump into week 13 around the grounds, but we obviously didn't have any, so we'll skip that. But the, we're going back to week 12. We did have, a, I think, a loss, which got us back to 6-6. Six and six. I can't remember who the lock was. but It, it was, was the Bills. It was the oh, Bills. Oh, the Bills on Thanksgiving. That's yeah. right. That was my fault. So, yeah, thanks for a reminder there. But, yeah, the Bills <laughs> didn't, got it done, but not by enough. And, uh, sadly, we've dropped to 6-6 six and six on the locks of the week. But a quick fantasy update, and we are flying, mate. We've won again. I think we've... We uh, we've locked up potentially the top seed, uh, if not definitely top two. We'll have a definitely bye top two. for the first week of the playoffs. That's unquestionable now. Even if we do throw this game, we'll give our boys a rest. But um, <laughs> we've done really well actually in terms of dealing with some injuries, and we've kind of found some replacements. And um, yeah, looking all, all looking good. It has been good. Uh, we got away with one this week as well. Um, we had a, had a rough game from. Michael Pittman in our in our number one receiver spot, but um, we we got away with it with uh, Chris Godwin doing doing the uh, doing the rounds today. The catch machine. Yeah, no, yeah, had a good game. Didn't get that touchdown as as you uh, reminded me before just before we started recording, yeah, but no, uh, uh... managed to managed to do just enough to get us over the line, which was which was handy. We'll go into uh, next week at ten and three, so very positive season for us on the fantasy front now. 
Let's whip into the week 14 games. Of course, we've got the final bye week as well of the season. So we've got a few teams on bye this week. In fact, it's six. Uh, So the Atlanta Falcons, Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, Indianapolis Colts, New Orleans Saints, and Washington Commanders all on their bye for week 14. And we kick things off with Thursday night football, another absolute belter on Thursday night. huh? The Las Vegas Raiders up against the Los Angeles Rams, who, you know, to be honest, this this game on paper at the start of the season wouldn't have looked so bad. But mm. uh, the Rams are a basket case and they go in as plus five and a half underdogs, a total 44 and a half. And I just don't think that's anywhere near enough points for the Rams to cover uh, against the Rams, who, uh, sorry, against the Raiders who are starting to hit their straps as we touched on just before. And they, it's probably more so the the Rams are that bad that, that then I think the Raiders are good that they'll win by that much, but a touchdown or more, uh, a less than a touchdown as as a start for the Raiders here. Uh, absolutely, every day of the week, they they just look like they've disinterested the Rams. They've given up on the season. Um, they did play better uh, against the Seahawks, but I don't think the Seahawks were at their best. And I think they're due for a, a lull here. And and despite the home crowd factor and and home ground advantage, the Vegas Raiders will go in and give them a nice old touch up. I think, mate. I, I tend to agree. I think the the one thing that the Rams can kind of hold their hat on uh, is that rush defense. Um, despite all their issues on, on both sides of the ball, they've still got a top five mm. rush defense in, in the competition. And obviously, we, you know, we've already mentioned Josh Jacobs and, and kind of the, the run that he's been on uh, over the last couple of months. So that, that's that's the matchup to watch. If, if Josh Jacobs can get off the chain against this Rams D, then you know, I think that they're, they're kind of a shoo-in here um but even if they do manage to contain josh jacobs which not many teams have been able to do this season uh they've still got Derek carr and and Devonta adams and you know that that in itself is is tough to contain as well and it, it's hard for any team to do both to try and contain them on the ground and in the air um it, it's a huge matchup for the raiders we've already talked about the kind of the run that they're on at the moment they've won three in a row and a win here they're five and seven uh a win here keeps their season alive and they've got really winnable games coming up against the pats Steelers and Niners before that that final season, final regular season game uh, at home against the Chiefs. So, you know, if if they can win the next couple, then they're they're a, a good shout to to make some waves before the playoffs. And, and I'm with you. I think under a touchdown here um, is kind of money. And and as long as it stays, you know, it's five and a half tonight, Tuesday night, uh, Melbourne Australian Eastern Time. As long as that stays kind of under six and a half, um, then then I'm taking that every day. Yeah, likewise, mate. The, the one concern is, I suppose, Josh Jacobs, who was doubtful uh, coming into the game against the Chargers, he, he still performed unbelievably well. And But just on the short rest uh, on the road, whether or not he gets up, I'm sure, I th- he probably will play, but just be, just be wary that he doesn't. But as Nick mentioned, that rush defense is, is pretty good for the Rams. So it's the, only thing that's, it's the only thing that they've been good at this year at all. So Yeah, they won't be able to stop. Devontae, who's averaged uh, over 133 yards and seven touchdowns in the last five games. So he he's on a tear. And, and uh, even though, you know, he's the, pretty much the only wide receiver going off for the Raiders right now, they they still can't stop him. And that connection is, is certainly well, and, living up to the hype now the with the Carr-Adams connection. That's the thing with the Raiders is that you know the ball's going to Josh Jacobs or it's going to Adams, but you, you can't stop it. So as long as they can keep the momentum and, and you know, try and kind of – you know, vary that up a little bit so that even if they do get a hold of Jacobs for a period, you know, they can still rely on getting the ball to Adams or vice versa. Um, you know, there, there's plenty of plenty of optimism 
I think, in, in Vegas at the moment. And yeah, if they can win this one, which I, I think that they will, then, like I said before, they've got a couple of really winnable games coming up uh, against the Pats and Steelers. And then the Niners, as we've already touched on, that there's some some questions around. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I, I like the Raiders here, just like you. Yeah, and the little stat nugget I wanted to share with you as well. The Raiders have actually... Uh, they haven't actually covered the line in any of their last eight games on the road as favourites. And there's a lot to spit out there. But essentially, when they go on the road as favourites, they don't overly perform well. But uh, just one to keep an eye on. But I, I, I think Nick and I both think that they'll buck the trend this week and, and cover that five and a half against the Rams. We move on to uh, the Monday morning slate, 5am. We kick things off with an NFC North showdown who... This one has big potential playoff implications. It's the the, mm. the hot streaking Detroit Lions hosting the Minnesota Vikings, and Detroit, funnily enough, going as favourites against the Minnesota Vikings, who've only lost two games all season. And and I don't think the NFL rates them, mate. And uh, I know we've both been our skeptics towards the Vikings, but to be outsiders in this one just seems wrong to me. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I. I... To be fair, I'm not sure I saw Detroit winning four or five, you know, five weeks ago. Uh, but I don't know. The, the the loss that they had was to the Bills. It was that final minute field goal, the, the Josh Allen drive. Um, but there, there seems to be this renewed belief in, in Detroit at the moment. Dan Campbell has them believing that they can beat just about anybody. And why not when they're performing the way that they are at the moment. I mean, Jared Goff is, is playing with a new lease of life. Um, he currently ranks third in defense adjusted yards above replacement um, DYAR, uh, which is a pretty important metric for for quarterbacks um, at the moment. He's he's just, just behind Pat Mahomes and and Tua in that metric. They're both kind of in the top five of, of MVP betting. So, you know, Jared Goff has kind of gone gone to another level this season, especially over the last couple of months. Um, and, and I think everybody who listens to this show knows that I kind of think that the Vikings are overrated, uh, but that doesn't mean that I don't think that they're still not good. Um, they're, they're still a good team. I just don't think they're as good as their record suggests they are. Um, I do like the Lions. I think that they're building really nicely. They're, they're playing some good football at the moment, but they haven't, in this run of, of four wins of four over five weeks, they haven't actually beaten a good team. That The one loss that they had was to a good team. I said to you off air that they probably should have won that game, but they still haven't found a way to beat a good team all season. Uh, and I think Minnesota are a good team. I think they win this straight up. They don't just cover the the one and a half point line. And, and it's going to be interesting given we're, we're recording this early in the week, you know, a, a night, maybe two nights earlier than, than normal. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if this line swings at all in the next couple of days, because I feel like it might. Uh, and that this is potentially an early one to jump on, but yeah, Minnesota, plus one and a half Minnesota money line straight up. Um, they're the ones that I'm playing early in the week. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the money late in the week should come for the Vikings. And if it does, then um, yeah, maybe take them up until that money line. Uh, maybe even as a, as a minus half point or something mm. that they might start as favorites. And, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Like, as as you said, we're probably recording a couple of days earlier than we usually would. So, yeah, very interesting to watch this market. But, yeah, Detroit certainly, as you said, believing that it can beat anyone. And um, they've got so many good offensive weapons. And, and the key concern for me, obviously, and, and for everyone else for that, you know, riding this Detroit wave is, is that defense, of course. Mm. And, um, Minnesota were probably outplayed last week against the Jets, and they certainly gave up and outgained were gained in yardage, but 
they made some late stops and they were very good in the red zone on defense. And, and that's kind of been the, the key to Detroit's success. So I think something has to give in this one. And I think Minnesota can continue on their incredible win streak of, of one possession games. They've won all nine of their games uh, this season by under one possession. So yeah, I think that streak continues. I think at the plus one and a half, that's an excellent value. Uh, they should be favorites in my eyes and, uh, or at least a flip of the coin here. And, uh, I think they'll get the job done and continue on their kind of fairy, not fairy tale, but, you know, really exciting and uh, intriguing season. And I think they have already potentially wrapped up the NFC North or did Green Bay's win keep that alive? I can't even I think you might. Recall, you might be right. If um, they haven't, they'll do it this week, absolutely, uh, with a win. Let, but... let me ask you this. If if the line was swapped, if Minnesota were, were minus one and a half point favorites, mm. would you still be taking them here? I don't know if I'd bet into it. I, I'd, I'd probably pick them to win still, but I don't think I'd be playing as a as a as a bet. I think I'd I think I would take them up to two and a half, minus two and a half point favorites. Um, under under a field goal, I think I would take. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I can see why. I mean, obviously the the teams are one's nine and two, and one's um, or nine and what are they? Vikings nine and two, ten and two. Compared to uh, the Something Detroit like Lions who are five and seven, I mean, I know Detroit have played better the last couple of weeks, but Minnesota have been winning as well. And to your point, there haven't been anyone. So they're ten and two. Yeah, the ten and two. It's a, it's a five game yeah. difference. Um, so they're, yeah. they're a lot better in terms of win record. A win loss record is concerned, and and there's certainly no key injuries or anything that's happened for the Vikings for them not to be favoured in this game. So yeah, I just think I think. I think the books and and the books are so sharp. So, you know, we know that that's you know they make money. Yeah, we'll end up with egg in our face, I'm sure. But probably, <laughs> probably they're they're so sharp. But I feel like they're probably overestimating the lines given the run that they're on yeah. at the moment. Um, and you you can you can get caught up in in that sort of stuff. But when you look at who the lines have beaten, then uh, you know maybe there are some maybe there are some questions. So, yeah, I'm I'm still with the Vikes here. Like I said, I don't think they're as I don't think they're the best. 10 to 10 and 2 team that I've ever seen. Um, in fact, they're possibly the worst 10 and 2 team that I've ever seen, but they're 10 and 2 and they win games and they're a good football team. I just don't think they're great, but you know, I'm not sure that the Lions are even a good football team when it comes down to it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with the Vikes here. We move on to another really intriguing matchup and, and again, uh, two good teams and, and two teams with winning records and at that, and that's the New York Jets. Uh, they go to Buffalo to take on the Bills. The Bills are big favourites, nine and a half points. Obviously, we know what happened the last time these two teams met. The total forty four and a half, and yeah, the Bills kind of they kind of got back on track last week. Obviously, um, that almost they didn't have a hiccup against the um, the Lions because they did win. But another Thursday night game, another win for the uh, the Bills, the first ever team in NFL history to have a three no record or win three Thursday night games in, in one season and. Um, it's been only a, a handful of other teams that have had three Thursday night games, but they've never been able to do it. But the Buffalo Bills become the first with uh, back-to-back wins on, on Thursday nights. And they were dominant against the, the Pats. They they probably could have won that by a lot more. And uh, yeah, even without Von Miller, uh, who is obviously going to be out for a couple of weeks, he's on IR. He's going to be primed and ready to go for for the playoffs. But yeah, the Bills still in prime position now to to win that division with with the Dolphins dropping that game against against the Niners. Um, uh, the Pats now look out of the race, and the Jets, who 
really should have won that game against the Vikings, as I, as I touched on off air, but uh, they just fell off. They first fell short. They just could not get it done in the red zone. Five Greg's Island field, goal, uh, field goals, and then, of course, being stopped in the red zone late in that game. But they do look like a different offense with Mike White at the helm or Mike fucking White as the Jets boys were, were wearing his T-shirts. Did you see that? There's obviously a little bit of, um, yeah, a little bit going on there. Um, bit of a message to Zach Wilson, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Bills should get through here this uh, unscathed at home. I don't see them losing two games to the Jets. I don't know if I could play that nine and a half. That seems like a big, big line to start at the moment, especially the way the teams matched up last time. But the Bills will need the long break uh, after a couple of tough road games. They're, they're back at home for the first time in three weeks. So uh, they'll be itching to get back in front of the Bills Mafia. And I think they win. And they still in the box seat, obviously, for the AFC East if they just win out now. Yeah, I, I think that they win this one. I, I do think – I mean, Von Miller is is a big loss, but I think I think the Bills have kind of learnt from their last couple of years and they're no longer – they've no longer built this squad for a domination of the regular season. They're building this squad for a, a really deep postseason run. And having a couple of weeks rest for Von Miller is potentially a good thing. Um, you know, coming into that that run, like you mentioned, so I I think the Bills have have an ability to to have you know another loss or two over the next kind of five weeks, um, while they kind of still still work out this you know the the, the matchups while they still work out kind of the, the squad with with Von Miller missing for a couple of weeks, um, and, and again kind of preserving themselves for for January, um, but. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just not willing to take the Jets, and I'm not willing to take the Bills at, at nine and a half points uh, against a top five DVOA defense. Um, so it's it's a no play for me. Yeah, it, it's a big line for a um, for the yeah, like I said, the game script to how it happened last time. So stay out for me as well, mate. Uh, but Bills Mafia keep rolling. Uh, huge one this one AFC North clash as we touched on off the top. Baltimore at the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know how much these teams hate each other. The Steelers actually going as favourites with no Lamar Jackson. Uh, you'd think minus three favourites. Total a very low 36.5 and probably right, rightly so. I, th- I think so. Uh, I mean, like we touched on at the top, we know what happened to the Ravens last year when they lost Lamar Jackson for, for three weeks or, or whatever it was. It wasn't pretty. Um, like we said, that they were already struggling with with offensive efficiency uh, before Lamar went down, and and I just cannot see that improving with Tyler Huntley. I mean, you know, he's he's a good backup to have. You'd be happy with him stepping in for for a couple of plays or coming in late to to kind of handle the offense uh, late in the game that you've already got one. But I'm not sure you want your playoff hopes resting on uh, on Tyler Huntley. Um, and and defense, you you mentioned their defense uh, defensive struggles. Uh, at the top of the show, and just a, a stat that I kind of found a little bit earlier, you know, we know that they've struggled to hold out teams late. Um, you know, they've given up some big leads in, in the last quarter. They've given up two seventeen-point leads uh, this season already. They ranked dead last for fourth quarter points scored against. The Steelers averaged nearly eight points in the final quarter at home, which is good for fifth in the NFL. Uh, and this is the Steelers' big chance to get one over their their. You know, massive division rivals, like you said. The reverse fixture comes up in Baltimore in four weeks' time. Yeah, the Ravens will be hoping that Lamar's back by then. Um, so I, I really think that the Steelers are kind of primed for this one. 
if this one, I think, again, you know, recording early in the week, it's tough to, to kind of see what, what happens with these lines as you get closer to game day. But if the if the line moves out to three and a half or more, I'll probably stay out. But at a flat three with that field goal safety blanket and, and the push, um, I'm taking Pittsburgh at, at the flat three. So, um, yeah, Steelers, baby. Oof. I just, yeah, look, I I don't share that com- high confidence. Uh, I know the Ravens are a little bit of a basket case. Even before Lamar went down, they'd not been playing great football, obviously. And, uh, you know, they'd been struggling over the last couple of weeks. They lost to uh, Jacksonville. They just snuck over the line against a putrid, putrid Denver team. And they just can't generate enough points on offense at the moment. And, and while they did against Jacksonville, in the clutch moments, their defense went to sleep. And uh, the only reason the defense kind of kept Denver off the field is because of Denver's own issues and not because yeah. the, the defense is any good. And I suppose that's where my concern as well is for the Ravens in this one is how they're going to score against this Pittsburgh off uh, defense who have been pretty bloody good in the last couple of weeks. I know they've only come up against the, the Colts and the Falcons. I was really bullish on the Steelers against the Colts. Stupidly wasn't as high on them against the Falcons. I'll probably live to regret it, but I don't know if I could take minus three here either. I'd probably lean, almost lean Baltimore. If, if, certainly if this gets out to three and a half, four, I'd definitely play Baltimore. That's kind of where I'm at at the mm. moment. Otherwise, it's a no play for me. But as much as I've just shit-canned the Ravens, I still think they are good enough to stay in the fight with the Steelers, which aren't going to put up that many points. And and the line suggests that a 36 and a half total. Yeah. Says it's going to be a dour, close game. You could almost play. I'd almost play the unders as a confident play here. That they just, I just don't see any points in this one, and uh, it'll be who can kind of make a clutch play late in the game. So we saw that with Huntley and his legs last week. We'll see what happens this week, but yeah, no play for me officially. But yeah, I lean maybe yeah plus Baltimore under total. That's where I'm heading. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's hard hard to disagree with with any of that. I think. In in these matchups, the the two teams, regardless of kind of form and anything, they tend to split the series. You know, they go one and one uh, in the two game series. Yeah, most years. Um, and I just feel like this is the one that that Pittsburgh kind of prime themselves for, and and they get. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it'll be a, a low scoring game. It's probably one of those kind of fourteen seventeen type type games, but it could quite easily be ten fourteen um, or ten seventeen. And and I think that Pittsburgh are on the right side of that. Um, this week, but you know, in, in a month's time when they play play again, it's probably you know it flips. Good call. We'll move on to. Well, no, this one won't take long. Philly at New York Giants, mate. New York not plus six and a half total. No play. Five and a half. Give me something more than two words. Uh, no fucking play. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bet the Eagles. I I Don't really want to bet the Eagles. I actually really want to bet the Eagles in this, to be honest. Uh, I won't because you've told me better and I will stay out against my beloved New York Giants, apparently. But <laughs> Philly will win and win comfortably. Do what you want with that information. We don't bet in Eagles games anymore, do we, Nick? So No, no we don't bet Eagles games. But it is. I think it is important to consider. I mean, you mentioned at the top of the show how well the Eagles D uh, controlled Derrick Henry and the run game in, in Tennessee. I think Jordan Davis, a rookie, uh, played a, hu- a huge part in that. And obviously coming back from that, uh, that I asked him that he was on, um, you know, he's a, he's a really important player. Uh, obviously they've also brought in a couple of pretty decent players over the last kind of month to kind of fill some gaps and, and, you know, make some plays, which is, has worked out kind of really well 
for, for Philly. Um, and, you know, they're kind of primed for, for another another shot here. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is a big one. If they can if they can keep Barkley quiet in the same way that, uh, that they did Derrick Henry last week, then they're a big shot to win this uh, and win well. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's there's not much else to that Giants offense, was there? I mean, Darius Slayton. Very different beast. Very different beast, though, Barkley to, to Henry. I mean, Henry's that, you know, really violent runner. Barkley's elusive, yeah. athletic, you know. Yeah, can, can contribute in a, in a number of ways. I think what we'll see for the Giants for the rest of the year, and I think it was pretty obvious to see against Washington, is what they did. They're just going to try and use Daniel Jones a lot more with his in as a runner, and and make sure he's he's a you know it's not just a, a late scramble after a bailout or something. They're going to use him. He's a big man and he's very fast. He's very fast. Um, He's strong. Yeah, he's, he's strong. He, he throws himself in there. He's, he's he's much better at running the ball than he is probably at throwing it, to be honest. And and it's probably more so that the fact he hasn't really just got those those key those key guys around him to throw to. Darius Slayton, like I said, being their number, he's number one guy. Um, yeah, it's 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 a sad state of affairs for Kenny Golladay and that kind of that kind of bizarre. It's, it's bizarre what's was, happened to Kenny Golladay. It's, he was mini Megatron, wasn't he? And it's just completely was, falling apart. Yeah. For that man, but yeah, look, that's that's the, obviously the Achilles' heel for the Giants is that that passing game, and uh, I, because of that, they won't get near the Eagles for mine. But uh, yeah, we stay out of that game and, and move on to the next one. Another probably probably for the best that the Giants don't is throw this, against the is Eagles. This division week anyway, or something. So. We've got the next two games are all both division <laughs> matchups as well. We've got the Cleveland Browns. Well, there's a few this week at yeah. the Cincy Bengals this week. Uh, Cincinnati, big favourites, minus six, total forty-seven and a half. Nick, my biggest worry here is that is that it's it could be a really big letdown game for the Bengals. I mean, they had a humongous win last week against the Chiefs, as, as we spoke about already at the, at the top of the show, uh, and they've got a really poor record against Cleveland. The Browns have won the last four over Cincy. Uh, I don't know; it's it's a tough one if you look at look at those sorts of trends. Um, but I really do think the Bengals have turned the corner. I think they're the better team. I think they're gearing up for a really strong playoff run now. Um, we know that they started the season slow. You know, the OL, the, the the retooled offensive line just wasn't gelling. But I, th- I really feel like they've turned the corner. They're unbeaten since that last loss to the Browns a month ago. Uh, the offense has just been humming, as, as we mentioned, even without Jamar Chase for a couple of weeks uh, until he came back last week. Um it just it's a massive opportunity for the Bengals to take sole leadership of the AFC North. If you know, if Lamar misses multiple weeks like we think that he, he will for the Ravens, uh, you know, that the Bengals and Ravens, like we've touched on, joint leaders of that that AFC North. Um, this is a really big opportunity for the Bengals to, to take advantage. Uh, and it has to start here. I think if they beat the beat the Browns, it kind of, you know, they break that hoodoo. They it's the Browns have the wood over them, you know, over the last couple of years and if if they can win this and they go into the into the end of the season that and that playoff run in in really really good form you know really good momentum and you know positive mindset that they can they can beat anyone like we've we've talked about so yeah i mean the the, the bet is bengal's minus 6 um yeah I, I think they win by by more than a touchdown so yeah look that that offense for the browns was so bad on the weekend it was actually mm. So bad. And, I mean, Deshaun Watson finished the day with an interception in the red zone, 130 yards rushing. They didn't get Nick Chubb involved. Uh, or, sorry, Nick Chubb had a decent game, but he wasn't um, unbelievable. And 
they they just leaned on their defense and all I suppose Houston's mistakes to to get the job done and and yeah there was a lot of teething issues there for the Browns so the Bengals would have circled this game straight after they got pumped on Monday Night Football in Cleveland a pretty humiliating loss for them they've obviously bounced back in a big way winning the next four and they will win this one and I reckon yeah they probably will cover that minus six as well mate I think they. They're just clicking at the right time, aren't they, the Bengals, and, and prime to kind of do make another deep run uh, in January and into February. But, yeah, for me, it's Bengals as well, minus six, after watching Cleveland pretty closely last week. Based on the last few weeks, are the Bengals a Super Bowl team again on the AFC side? Uh, I don't think they're the best team in the AFC. They could win it, though. If you had... I think they, you have, to pick, they have all the... They have, in, let's say AFC... Championship game, Bengals, Chiefs. Who are you taking right now? Oh, fuck. You, you couldn't bet against Mahomes, even though they've lost, he's lost three in a row to Burrow. But I, I still think you just come back to Mahomes, wouldn't you? Uh, look, it's, it's tough. Isn't it, it, it really, de- yeah. If you had to choose right now, I, I, I still think you pick the Chiefs. But yeah, we might see a few more things in the next couple of weeks that, that might change that opinion. But I still think. It still runs through Buffalo, in my opinion, mm. uh, the AFC. They're still the best team on their day. Uh, as far as, but, I mean, it's getting it's getting noisier every every step of the way in the AFC. There's there's teams popping up left, right and centre that could win it. So, um, And the Bengals are the latest team to be that team, of, of course. So, yeah, they'll, they'll keep rolling this week. They'll win and win well against the Browns. Another divisional matchup. Uh, the Jags, who are coming off the bye, they take on the Titans, who are minus three and a half point favorites, total 42 and a half. Sorry, they're not coming off a bye. They might as well have been on a bye. They got absolutely <laughs> steamrolled by the Lions, but correction, they weren't off the bye. But the Jags go to Tennessee, Titans minus three and a half point favorites, total 42 and a half. I mean, the Titans are clear pole position to win that AFC South. Uh, a win over. The Jags goes a long way to confirming that. I mean, it's as much confirmed as it could be without it being clinched um, at the moment. Obviously, the Colts, you know, we thought were going to be much closer in that race uh, and you haven't really fired a shot. Um, The Tennessee pass defense was shown up big time by the Eagles last week. Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith dominated in the air, uh, as we know. But the the offense uh, in Jacksonville is not quite the same caliber. You know, they're dangerous, but it's not quite the same caliber. And, and we saw what they could do a couple of weeks ago in that, that game-winning drive um, uh, a fortnight ago. But the Jags are 1-5 and five away from home. I think that that trend continues this week against the Titans. Team that's got a point to prove after that that demolishment that you mentioned. Um, you know, the, the Lions run game, they put up 100 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, on the Jags last week from 25 carries between uh, Swift and Williams. We know how run heavy Tennessee is and, and you know that Derek Henry is going to be the main man. We know that they've got a point to prove the Titans after last week. Uh, the Jags also rank 30th in DVOA pass defense, by the way. So if Traylon Burks is good to go uh, after that concussion scare last week, it could be a good look uh, in some of the props. Just keep an eye on what that yardage looks like, because I think that he is the only option really through the air. Um, if he's good to go, then then have a look at that. But but I do think under a touchdown, you take Tennessee here, um, minus three and a half. I'm playing that. I think that they probably win by. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it might be um, it might be time 
for one of those Derrick Henry games where he gets 200 rush yards, a couple touchdowns, and, a, and the Titans just roll to a victory. But they'll win, and they'll win easy. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm probably inclined to take the Tennessee minus 3.5 as well, but I'll just stay up with that half point over the field goal at this stage at the Titans one. Their last eight home games against the Jags and the Jags, we know how bad they are on the road. They've actually um, only won, I think, one or two games in the last couple of seasons on the road and they've failed to cover the line in nine of their last 10 road games as well. So they're not that competitive on the road either. So for me, it's the Titans. And If Derrick Henry has that, if Derrick Henry has that monster game that you mentioned, which he's due, he's due for one, uh, if he has that 200 yards, three touchdowns, then the Titans win by 20. Like it's it's probably that simple, um, but Jacksonville have to take advantage of of the the Titans secondary. Um, that's that's kind of the main thing I think. And and if they can't, then it's it's an easy Tennessee win. Agree, mate. They'll they should be rolling to a victory, and which will yeah. If it hasn't, if it won't this week, it'll it'll go ninety point not ninety nine point nine percent way of uh, clinching another AFC South crown for the Titans, which would be their third on end. Uh, this one. And another head-to-head win for you over me, just like last year, mate. <laughs> no what you 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 have had the wood over me in the head-to-heads. <laughs> no, nah, in terms um, of the division winner, we both uh, that was the only one we were different on, wasn't it? At the start of the season, mm. uh, Colts versus the Titans, and yeah, it, it, no one would have predicted the the season the Colts have had. So I, I do feel for you in a little way, but uh, yeah, the Titans are underrated yeah, again. Fuck the Colts, and they they'll be hard to beat come come January. But we'll roll on to the next so. game. This one, not so uh, tight in the betting in this one. It's Houston at Dallas for the biggest line of the season so far. The Cowboys, minus 17. Total 44.5. Surely we can't be taking minus 17, Nick. Oh, oh look, it's, that is it's a humongous. That is a, it's a huge line. It's a huge line. And, and Dallas win this, and they win it really easily. Houston have the worst offense in the league. They could get mm. shut out here uh, after what the Cowboys did to, to the Colts in the second half last week. They could legitimately su- shut out the, the Texans. The Texans also have the fifth worst run defense, and, and we know that, that Cowboys double-headed beast of, of Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard on the ground. They're going to have plenty of room to work. They're going to have plenty of holes to run through. And we, with Elliot kind of moving the chains and, and that kind of angry run we, we talked about before and Tony Pollard hitting the holes and, and getting through for the, those big plays, yeah, there's going, to be, there's going to be a lot of points on the board for, for Dallas. Can you take 17 points, though? Like, it's a humongous line. And I think that they probably do win by more than that, maybe double that. But it's, to bet it, to bet it is real tough. I, I, I actually think that in this one, the total is the way to go here. Um, Dallas are third in the league for points per game. They averaged 27.7 over the season. They've averaged 40-plus over the last three. And like you mentioned, they put up 54 on the Colts last week. I think that they could probably put up this 44.5 on their own this week. Uh, and like you said, I, I think that they probably do cover that 17-point line, but I'm not, I don't think I'm willing to take 17 points. Um, I'd rather play the play the overs here. I think. Yeah, it's probably a nice play there, the overs, and, and just hope for an absolute blowout or Texans to score a couple of junk time touchdowns to, to get you over the line. But look, I, I'm exactly the same boat. I, I'm not I sure would they'll be love to, to play minus. I'm not sure they'll be needed. I to. would love to play minus seventeen because they should win by minus seventeen. They should. They you yeah. could. This is one of the games you could take a line up to like 
30 or 40 and just hope for an absolute roar yeah. and just try and cash in that way and just and maybe that and yeah. maybe that's the play for all those value 100%. hunters maybe maybe you look for that 30 plus 30 plus win and, and hope for a you know 48 three <laughs> type scoreline or, or whatever it is but I mean, maybe that's if you're looking for some value. Yeah. Maybe that's the oh, way for to go. sure. I think it's worth a couple of shackles either way. You, you you go and just launch into to Dallas that absolutely destroy the the Texans who looked shot. And I don't know why Kyle Allen's at quarterback. We we're both talking about Davis Mills has been solid enough throughout the season. I don't yeah. know why they've benched him. He, yeah. he Kyle Allen is a proven crap quarterback, and Davis Mills still has enough to prove and enough talent to show that he's just above crap. But I was staggered by that decision by the Texans, and it just shows you that they're completely tanking and uh, they won't be getting near the Cowboys in this one. So, yeah, let's just hope TP20 just keeps doing his thing and another couple of touchdowns for the great man. But uh, <laughs> that'd be handy yeah. for us, wouldn't it? Uh, he's a, he's... I just had a I just had a quick look. Just had a quick look to see if there was a market mm. for that kind of alternative line or you know big win or whatever. There isn't anything just yet this early in the week. There'll be uh, pick your own line markets later in the week. I think um, most of those books. Oh, give it another, another 24 hours. I know we've just had just a reminder to all the listeners. We just have wrapped up Monday night football, essentially. So we're recording very early this week (laughs) on a Tuesday night, Melbourne time. As we move on to the Monday morning, 8am slate, Uh, only a couple of games to run through here or a few games, I should say. And it's, we kick things off on the dot at 8 a.m. and it's the Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. Kansas City minus eight and a half point favorites, total 43 and a half. And that is nowhere big enough, nowhere near big enough for the Chiefs. They will destroy the Broncos. They've won 13 games in a row against the Broncos. Patrick Mahomes owns the Broncos more than Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. He has just been that dominant against the Broncos. <laughs> he will take the absolute piss this week. Any props. He's going to be angry to lose to that uh, Joe Burrow game. He'll show that he's a an MVP favorite still, and he'll come out and destroy the Russell Wilson-led Broncos. Uh, take this line up to 14, 15, whatever you want. They will win by plenty, the Chiefs. Uh, the Broncos are done. They are cooked. That franchise is in a disarray. And, uh, yeah, I feel for all the Broncos fans out there this year who would have thought and come into the season with such high optimism, but the fact that... It's gone so badly. Um, I'll ask you quickly off the cuff. Does Nathaniel Hackett make it to the end of the season? Oh, it's that's a tough. I if, if nobody, nobody could have predicted what's happened with Russell Wilson this season. Nobody could have predicted that he, that he would be that bad. I mean, some people said mm. that he's not going to be as good as he was in Seattle, and that's fair, and you know, whatever. But I'm not sure that it's all Hackett's fault. I mean, yes, there should have been other plans and he's got to scheme better and he's got to call better plays. And But, you know, Melvin, a couple of Melvin Gordon drops and fumbles. Um, Russell Wilson stinking it up all season. I'm not sure it's all his fault. I feel like he does deserve another year to try and get it right, but it's going to be tough. If they get blown out here, which I am thinking they will, if it's if it's a disaster and they get booed off the field and it's a forty nothing loss or a forty ten loss, I don't know if he does. To be honest, I don't think he does. And and that's I know. It, and you're right. Russell Wilson is the issue. I think it's. I don't think it's all on Nathaniel Hackett. There's obviously an element to it. I mean, we had some pretty ordinary play calls and late game decisions early in the season. Probably hasn't been such a factor lately because they've just been so bad on offense. But 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He, he might be one of those guys that are destined to not be a head coach and just be a really good coordinator or a really good um, secondaries coach, like, you know, a line coach or something. But they they just... Well, well let me let me ask you this. What do you think the highest score that the Broncos have conceded this conceded. season Conceded. I think they lost... Yeah. Yeah, what the Raiders the beat them points? in a 2020-something shootout, like it was a 28 or 24 or something like that. But that's it. There's been no other scores. They, they 32, conceded 32. Yeah, they hadn't, that, they haven't gone over against the, against the Raiders. Was but they haven't gone over 18 or something in any of the other games? Something like that, yeah. I mean, their their defense has been ridiculously good. And and I guess that's what worries me here. Because I think if you'd, if you'd asked me 12 hours ago, I probably would have agreed with you in terms of, yeah, the Chiefs are a way better team. They're a way better franchise, and they should blow out. They should blow out the Broncos, but the Broncos haven't been blown out. And even in that game where they conceded thirty-two, they they scored twenty-four, mm. I think. So, um, you know, they haven't been blown out all season. I, I'm not touching this one because I feel like everything here from the markets are they've sucked about me right. I, I think the line and total. Uh, well, look, I. I probably agree with you from a pure gut feeling. I agree with you that the, the Chiefs should bounce back and bounce back in a big way. Uh, th- there's no doubt the Chiefs are a way better team. They lead the league in points per game, but the Broncos also lead the league in in the least points per game against at home in Denver, uh, which is where we're at this week. So uh, I think the Chiefs win. I think that they make the statement, but I'm not sure they put up the points like we would be used to in a Chiefs-Denver game over the last kind of six or seven years just because this Denver defense is so good, especially yeah. at home. Look, I, I get that sentiment. I just think um, after another brutal loss late in the game, I don't know. I just feel like the the – the motivation is going to be slipping with every week for the Broncos. And this will oh, be the I, one that gets I, away from them. And, and you're right. I think that, I think Pat Mahomes, I think the chiefs offense is going to be you know, raring to go. I think that, you know, they've got a statement to make. They've got a point to prove after last week. Um, and I think you're right. They, they probably do win this and win this well, but I'm not yeah, sure I can. No, that's, that's fair enough to, to stay out of this one, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on, um, Pretty bullish on the Chiefs doing a, a number on the Broncos this week. Uh, this one is a stay out for me. This is a pretty ordinary game. It's Carolina at Seattle. Uh, I know you're keen on something, so we'll go through it. Seattle minus three and a half, total 43 and a half, Nick. I just feel like this could be a bit of a shootout. I think uh, Kenneth mm. Walker went down injured uh, last week. Not sure how much he's going to miss, but he, I think he misses. Um yeah, they're already missing Rashad Penny. DJ Dallas also got injured and left early last week. So they've got a real running back problem. And I think that that means that Geno Smith has to step up again. And you know, we know what he's done this season. If someone had said that Geno Smith would be in the MVP top 10 betting, you know, in, in heading into week 14, um, 14 <laughs> weeks ago, I think that people would have laughed at you um, and probably sent you to an asylum. So, um Look, I just feel like it's air raid time in Seattle. They can't trust the ground game. They've they've got no one to go to. You know, they're gonna to have to call someone up from the from the practice squad or or you know, an unsigned player uh, in the next couple of days. 
Um, and so I think that they're going to have to go the air raid. I think they're just going to have to throw the ball and they've got talent, you know, in, in that regard. Um, I think also, you know, we know what Carolina can do on the ground. Ever since they lost Christian McCaffrey, you know, they, they trade Christian McCaffrey. Dante Foreman has been really solid. Um, they've got a pretty good ground game in the Seahawks for what it's worth or a bottom 10 rush defense. Um, so I just feel like there could be some points in this one and 43 and a half. I, I'd probably have this one closer to 48, to be honest, in terms of the, the total. And I'm pretty keen on the overs here more than anything else. Um, just, I just in my bones feel like it could be a bit of a shoot. Yeah, it's, I, I can see that angle and, and completely agree with in terms of your, um, your, your story around Geno Smith throwing the ball. And he looked great throwing the ball last week. I mean, he had a, a big game and, and, you know, let him on that game-winning drive, which was his first in, I don't know how many years, probably since he kind of came, right, came into the league. So um, <laughs> good result for him. And he had a massive day in fantasy uh, for us, but he was sitting on our bench and we might even have to start him this week. He over, was. Luckily, we didn't think in that way. We might even have to start him over Justin Herbert this week. But uh, Potentially. We could, we could get funky. Especially against that Miami defense for, yeah, for Justin could. Herbert. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not against that at with, all. Um, now that playoffs are locked in and, and top two. But anyway, we digress. And look, it's a stay out for me, but the Seahawks <laughs> should continue uh, to win and they'll keep putting pressure on the, the Niners for that for that NFC West title. But they look to be a, a playoff team this year, uh, regardless if they win that division or not. I think they'll sneak into a wildcard spot and they'll go a long way to doing that with another win this week against the Panthers. Uh, this is a huge game. Well, let's 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 put this let's put this out to the uh, to the listeners. Who do we start this week? Justin Herbert against Miami or Geno Smith against Carolina? Let's uh, maybe we'll put Definitely up a poll it. on Twitter and and whatever and, and see what uh, see what the listeners say and, and we'll we'll roll with uh, we'll roll yeah, with whatever like the it. answer is. I like that. Give it give it back to them. I think uh, I think Geno might get a few few votes in that. So yeah, let's see how that one goes. We'll put that poll up uh, later in the week. Tampa Bay and San Francisco 49ers huge game this one really really interesting especially with the the um how it's, how everything's just transpired uh this weekend San Francisco despite this quarterback issue still to your point minus three and a half point favorites they don't need a quarterback Nick says uh total 37 and a half and <laughs> yeah I, I'm I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this one because I <sighs> Tom Brady owns quarterbacks that just like a rookie quarterbacks and and he makes them look silly sometimes i mean not uh he doesn't do anything per se but he for some reason his record against rookie quarterbacks <laughs> is just unrivaled and i don't know if he just gets off on doing that to little <laughs> to, to fucking to young to young men starting their career but he he usually owns these kind of quarterbacks so i'm i'm intrigued by the matchup the tampa bay bucks Defense was okay the, today. They only played a pretty ordinary offense, to be honest. And again, yeah. that offense looks so bad and so pedestrian early for the Bucks, and that's my concern, especially against this Niners defense, who uh, who obviously have been number one in the league. They're the number one uh, defense uh, in terms of scoring and yards per game, and I, I think they get the job done at home. Their record at home has been incredible. I just don't know if I could take them over a field goal, especially not uh, as a stay out for me. But yeah, very intriguing matchup. Can't wait to watch it. I reckon. I reckon if this came into two mm. and a half minus two and a half Niners, I'd probably take it. Um, yeah, look, 
I think that they're deserved favourites. Um, you're right. I don't think that the quarterback especially matters in this regard. Um, and, you know, like you said, it's not going to be Brock Purdy who's going to be chasing Tom Brady around or vice versa. So uh, I just, I don't know. I Like I said at the top, I think Jimmy G's importance to the nine is, is a little yeah. overstated. Uh Purdy did a did a pretty good job last week. Uh, whether he can do that consistently for the rest of the season, you know, is yet to be seen, and and that's really the question mark at this point. So at at three and a half points, I'm not I'm not going to bet this. But if this came in later in the week to minus two and a half, if if there was some you know vulnerability around the markets for for the Niners, then I I probably would play that at two or two and a half. Um, but over a field goal, it's a it's yeah. A I can out. see that. The, my concern is that. Obviously, they ran a lot of screen passes, a lot of just short check downs. Mm. With Purdy in the offense, and, and coaches will adapt to that pretty quickly. So uh, Kyle Shanahan will be busily working even, on that playbook. Even with that, even with that, I mean, between Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, uh, Ayuk, yeah. and George Kittle, like there's, they can they can afford to do that and still get away with it. I think because. With the versatility True. there, you can you can have Debo Samuel running the ball. You know, you can play some wildcat. You can you, know, you can do some some funky things in that offense. And, and regardless of who's at QB, like they should they should be able to do some of that yeah. stuff anyway. They probably have Christian McCaffrey. Throw <laughs> well, he, he did week, throw so. one the other week, didn't he? Uh, um, yeah, yeah, we could see a, yeah. a, a, a Debo reception from Christian McCaffrey <clears throat> for sure. They could just run the show themselves, as as we touched on at the top. But can we can we get? Get odds for a Brock Purdy receiving touchdown. <laughs> I reckon they'll run the Philly special or something. Yeah, yeah, Philly, Philly. Yeah, you want to do, do Philly, Philly? Philly? Yeah, we'll do Philly, Philly. Uh, <laughs> oh god, look at you. I mean, if anyone's going to do right. it, it's Carl well, Shanahan. So. If anyone's going to have yeah, any funky play designs, and uh, and then they've obviously brought in Johnson, Josh Johnson, who was part of that Niners offense a couple of years ago, so he knows the playbook. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do there. I don't think they'll make a move for Bacon Mayfield. I think Kyle Shane said that more or less today. Obviously, we didn't touch on it. But, yeah, Mayfield's been released by the Panthers. Uh, don't know if he gets another opportunity anywhere. Um, but, yeah, that might be something we, we talk about Indy? next week. Indy? Fuck. You couldn't if you were Indy, could you? Like, that has just been a complete quarterback carousel and a disaster for everyone that they've brought in. There's no way they could bring in Mayfield. <laughs> He would be the second coming of Peyton Manning, wouldn't he? Like it's just kind of one of those things where. But anyway, I, I think uh, we'll digress there and, and move on to a Sunday night football, really, really crucial matchup for both these teams who are obviously playoff aspirants. The Miami Dolphins at the LA Chargers. Chargers go in as underdogs plus three at home. The total fifty one and a half. I want to see what you've got here because. It's a, it's a no play for me straight up. It's a no play for me. Just question marks across both mm. franchises, I think, at the moment. Um, but what what have you? Got I just here? think they were really really disappointing on the weekend. The Chargers, and I'm probably overreacting in a way. Um, but I think Miami are probably a field goal better team than the Chargers. I'd be confident to say that they've been that all year, if not more. And I was really kind of high on the Chargers the last couple of weeks. We we noted, you know, despite some losses, some tight losses against some good opposition, they were playing a lot better. They just faded away really badly against the Raiders, who I still, I know we've touched on, they're, they're kind of 
got huge weapons in Adams and Jacobs, but really they're not that much chop. And for a Chargers team who... They're, they're in a bit of a groove, though. The Raiders are in a bit of a groove, and the Chargers have never... That, this seat, they haven't been, been able to get into so, that. Yeah, but without, um, <clears throat> without Corey Lindsley there on their offensive line, they've just been so bad. They can't move the football very well without that his kind of presence. And he was again out against the Raiders with another concussion, which is a really bad blow for the Chargers. If he plays, I I might even rethink it. I, I think that highly of him. And I think, I just think the Dolphins are so explosive and they'll be reeling a little bit from that, that really disappointing loss uh, against the Niners. I, I think Miami are a better coached team. They're a better drilled team. They've got the question mark as well again, though, for Miami is Tua's health and, you know, who obviously got banged up against the Niners. If he if he's fully healthy and starts, um, you won't see Jalen Waddle have such a quiet game again. Um, they will be able to run, run the ball a lot better against the Chargers, who are a pretty ordinary run defense. Um, they got nothing from um, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert against the Niners, who who completely shut down that run game. And, and they're a much balanced, much better balanced team when they can run the ball, the Dolphins. And I think they get back to that this week. So that's kind of my reasoning. It's not a game I'm overly confident in. Uh, it's not a really strong play, but I think I would take, at this moment, I'd take the flat three. Uh, I'd love it, obviously, to come under a field goal, but at the flat three, I wouldn't go over a field goal, but the flat three, I'm happy to play the Dolphins. I think if it went under under the field goal, I'd probably, like you, probably play the Dolphins. I just I question whether Miami have the, I mean, to, to put it bluntly, whether they've got the balls mm. to go on with this start to the season. It, it it feels like it's been a long season for Miami. They had, you know, they've had injuries, Tua missed a, a chunk of time. Um, it's a, they've lost now a couple of games that they feel like they should have won, including last week. They'd be bitterly disappointed with that loss last mm. week. Um, and th- they'll want to get back on track here. I think, you know, Tua is deservedly in in kind of the MVP conversation. I don't think he wins it. Um, you know, I'm not sure that he finishes top three, but top five is certainly a, about where he where he should be. And, and, you know, they are certainly a better team with him at the helm. Uh, but do they have it in them to, to keep, this season alive for, for much longer. We, you know, we, we've seen them a number of times over the last five or six years where they either start the season really poorly and come home strong. This year they've mm. kind of gone the other way. And and do they have it in them to play out a full season? We, we haven't seen that from Miami just yet. So that's really my my biggest question mark. And, and I guess that extends, you know, it's, it's both a long-term question mark over the Dolphins, but also in the short term, you know, the Chargers are a really talented squad and, you know, they've been super inconsistent. They've been disappointing. We both expected a lot more out of them uh, preseason, but they are really talented and they've still got an opportunity to not only shape the playoffs, but, but to make a run for it if they can put things together. And we've we've been saying it all year. They haven't been able to put things together consistently and, and, regularly but you know that that if is always there and they've got some winnable games coming up they've got the titans the rams the colts and the broncos over the next month after after this one um you know they're six and six you know the possibility remains for them to to make a really good show for the rest of the season um 
But again, the question mark on them is, do, do they have the balls to, to make it happen? And I just don't have an answer for either of these franchises just yet. Can can the Dolphins play out a full season of, of really good football? Can the Chargers put it together finally? Um, just that's the biggest question mark. And, and yeah, it, like I said, if, if this got to two and a half or, or under, I'd probably take Miami. But at three or more, I, I just can't yeah. play it. It, it, it looks like we're we're pretty aligned there, but I'm I'm happy to just go that extra half point there for the Dolphins who um, have been serving you well all season. Yeah, and they, they deserve, deserve they deserve to like to be fair over the course of the season that they, they have been at least a field goal better side sure. than the Chargers. Yeah, that was um, um, I just ex- I expect yeah, more. Out I know, of and, and so did I. And look, I, I've just been so disappointed. I've, I've kind of yeah. um, <clears throat> come to peace yeah. in terms with that, and well. Uh, yeah. And fair enough. It's 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 such a weird one, isn't fair it? Because enough. we just know the talent in that man, Justin Herbert, and, and of course all the around him, but he just hasn't put it together yet mm. in terms of that winning record. So, oh, you look at look at a team that's got Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, and you know all those guys, like and and on on defense as well. You know, a bunch of those guys that are elite. Elite players in this league, and and they should yeah. be they should be better than six. Does he get? Uh, well, uh, it's a question for another day, but yeah, maybe Justin Herbert is overrated. As there's a lot of people have kind of said, he's a social media quarterback. It, it's kind of one of those things where, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, he hasn't lived up. You you wonder you wonder what you know someone like a Mike Tomlin would do at the Chargers, yeah, as opposed to mm. Brandon Staley. Food for thought, for sure. Uh, we would just uh, keep chatting for ages if we, if we didn't wind it up here, there. And we'll move on to the final game of the week, uh, the Monday night football game. Uh, this time it is the New England Patriots up against the Arizona Cardinals. I'd love to know the stats for teams that play on a Monday after a Thursday night. And I feel like it's happened a lot this season. Uh, I'll have to go back and have a check because I'm, I'm interested to know and, and it might be something we could tweet out before the game. But I, I, I lean to the Patriots here who are slight favourites on the road against the Cardinals just for that. I just don't trust the Cardinals. I think they're a poorly, poorly run franchise. They've been a bit off the ball this season. They finally got, you know, their two wide receivers finally back healthy in terms of Hopkins and, and Marquise Brown together. I just don't know if that's enough. I think their, their, their defence is... Um, really bad, and and the Pats have have been, yeah, surprisingly pretty good, and and obviously we know they they kind of got blown out a little bit in the way against the Bills last week, but uh, I think they they kind of make amends for that. They beat the Arizona Cardinals here, who are just a woeful team at home, and yeah, it's just been a really disappointing season for the Cardinals and. Uh, I don't think they are in the playoff hunt, which might mean that, again, the lack of motivation here. I know they're at home but on, on prime time, but I think the Patriots, who are such a well-drilled team, can go in and get the job done again. I'm keen to know the stats on that 10-day break um, or 10-day rest, but uh, I'll look that up maybe uh, during the week. But, yeah, I, I think for the gut, the gut says Patriots are the team to beat here, and uh, I'll play one and a half, uh, probably up to two, two and a half here for me on the Patriots, mate. How about you? I'm with you and, and I'll leave that uh, <laughs> stat finding, that fact finding mission to you for, for this week. Um, yeah. Look, it feels like, it feels like a really deflating game to end the week <laughs> on uh, for, for Monday night football. Um, but they're, they're another team. They need to get back to, 
to winning ways to pass. Um, it's a, it's a stacked AFC East. You know, they're back to six and six now. They were six and four a couple of weeks and uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they've dropped two in a row to the Vikings and Bills. They're, they're two pretty good teams, admittedly, but you know, a couple of weeks ago they would have been thinking that they're still, you know, still still a real good shot for a, a little playoff run, unexpectedly in, in New England. Um, but I think that this is one that they need to take advantage of. I, I, I don't think that the Pats are a team that are going to look at the record, look at the next couple of weeks and go, we need to start tanking. You know, they're not a – Bill Belichick isn't isn't a, a draft no. pick kind of guy. Like, he's he's not the kind of guy that's that's going to say we need to lose a couple of games to get the best pick. Like, we'll, we'll make whatever pick we get work, but we want to we want to go in and, and win every game uh, in, in New England. And the Cardinals, you're right, they've been so disappointing this season. They're four and eight. They're just about cooked. And, uh, you know, they're well behind the Niners and Seahawks in that NFC West. Um yeah, you know, a loss here, I think, I think rules them out if they're not already. Uh, I, I don't think, I don't think that they're mathematically ruled out, but I, you know, they're just about. Um, I, I think the Pats to win this one uh, and win it fairly well. The Cardinals are woeful on both sides of the ball. I mean, they're a, they're essentially a bottom five team in the NFL this season, and and I'm not sure anyone would have picked that coming into the season based on what we saw last year uh, and some of the moves that they made. Um, but, you know, the Pats, offensively, we know they're really inconsistent. We know they're still a, still a, a, a developing unit. They're, they've put up points some weeks and, and completely shut the bed other weeks. Um, but their defense is is what's going to bring them home in this one. And, and I think that that defense is is going to be way too good for the Cardinals offense and yeah I'm with you I think while this is under a field goal really I'm, I'm happy to take the Pats here at, at yeah half. agree mate good way to finish the week so we do agree on quite a lot of games this week mate uh including that one we've also which is either yeah, really good or really uh, bad we like that for listeners we both like the Pats <laughs> to cover we both like the Bengals to cover we both like the Vikings we both like the Raiders which way do we lean mate for the lock of the week um, I'm leaning the Vikings only because I think mm. we both feel like they shouldn't be underdogs and they should probably be at least kind of a point, a point and a half favorites in this one. Um, I'm going, I'm going them straight up to win. You've got them at the, at the plus. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling feeling the Vikings here. Yeah, I like that. I, I think you're right. I think it's probably one of the ones we were most bullish in for sure so let's do that let's lock that one in the minnesota vikings as the lock of the week uh to cover against the uh, the detroit lions plus one and a half um yeah i think we're both surprised that we're getting the the start there so yeah i mean you're, you're right there are a few i mean you know i'd almost be happy to go the bengals um probably be happy to go the raiders as well uh, as the lock uh, and obviously the Pats that we've just just touched on, but I yeah I don't know I just got a feeling about the Vikes this week. No, happy to lock that one in, mate. I reckon that's a that's a good one. Uh, I'm just having a quick scan at the at the stats, and I can't find I can find against teams that have had long breaks, but I can't find teams record with the long breaks. But uh, uh, might be a conversation for another day for for what it's worth. Really we'll, Eagles, we'll find it some somewhere. Boys. Somewhere we'll find it and we'll we'll chuck it on Twitter before Monday. Yeah. 
Agreed. But just for what it's worth, uh, and the we'll, Chiefs we'll and the Eagles, both three and zip against teams that are coming off um, nine plus days rest. But I need to find teams uh, with that. Anyway, and that's over the last couple of seasons, by the way. But we digress. But yeah, mate, thank you so much for, we'll for chatting it. with me this week. It was, yeah, like you said, it felt such such a strange week without doing it last week. And it was good to to do it this week again and catch up and, and talk all things NFL and, and thank you all for listening as well. But yeah, thank you to, to you, Nick. No, thank you, mate, for, uh, for a great job hosting once again. Uh, and you've kind of carried us this season, I reckon. Uh, maybe not so much in, in the betting, although you have, like I said, you have had, uh, you've had the wood over me in the head to heads. You you've definitely, you've definitely won that. Yeah. Won that. Wait until we uh, see the preseason predictions, mate. We'll see who comes out on top. Yeah, we we have been meaning to do that for a couple of weeks. So maybe after maybe after this week, maybe next week, when things hopefully start to calm down for both of us in, in the schedule, um, maybe we can do do a little review, a recap of the uh, the preseason preseason plays and, and predictions that we had uh, fifteen weeks ago, which seems a very long time ago it does. now. It does. Uh, so maybe we can maybe we can recap that next week, if not the week after. But we'll see how we go. Um, we will have to have a look at what the uh, the Christmas schedule looks like. That's going to be a, another tough one yes. as well. Um, yes, we'll. Um... But we'll, we'll try and we'll try and we'll try and whip something up. But uh, no, thank you, mate, for for holding it all together um, this season. It's been a been a bit of a weird one, uh, I think, for both of us. But you've uh, you've done a great job. And uh, all right, this is getting too fluffy, we'll mate. But thank you. Yes, this is getting too lovey dovey. But uh, thank you again, mate. And. Uh, yeah, well, fuck you. So <laughs> we'll sign off with that. But, uh, but yeah, let's go Vikings this week. And of course, as always, go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>